doing here? Yeah. I'm just saying, not sure if this is the one, but we might mention it. But. 79? 980. Is it 80? 80. I'll be darned. All right. Flashing before my eyes. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Three, two. Now, the greatest story never told with Miles and Thrill. Oh, here we go. Welcome to uh, episode 80 of the Greatest Story Never Told podcast. All right, here, let's see. Believe it or not, we got a couple of unofficial sponsors of the Greatest Story Never Told Ooh, podcast. All right. Yeah, we invite you to be an unofficial sponsor. If you'll make a, a simple donation to one of the three local fishing houses, whatever you got. Uh, just give them some money and make sure that they go to the uh, the three uh, that are here in the uh, Pacific Northwest. We would appreciate that, obviously. If you like donating to the national uh, chapter, uh, uh, that that's great, too. But uh, just for our sake, it, it would be nice if we could get some money to those fine folks. Well, so. to be fair, I mean, if you're in Cleveland and you get this podcast, and we understand maybe you want to do it there. Yeah, that's fine, too. And Absol I don't think absolutely. they have one, so absolutely. bring the money back over that's here. Right. So we got a couple of unofficial sponsors. Here we go. Ola Bicholas. Ola. I got an unexpected $100 refund, and I thought I could kill two birds with one stone. Below, you will see a copy of my $100 donation to the Fisher House. And with that, I would like to sponsor The Greatest Story Never Told on behalf of St. Julian Home Loans. Again, that is St. Julian Home Loans. Uh, St. Julian is a mother-daughter company founded in 2005. I am honored, uh, privileged, and humbled to be a friend and client to these ladies for over 12 years. If you're looking for a home loan or refinancing a, a current loan, please give St. Julian Home Loans a call. Their number is 360-352-2101. Again, that's 360-352-2101. Sincerely, Marie, president of the Men's Room Fan Club Jamaica Chapter. Oh, all right. Yaman, yeah, Ari. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. God, I had a lot of fun in Jamaica. How do you man. not have fun in Jamaica? Oh, man. I, I, <laughs> man, I've had some crazy-ass stories in Jamaica. <laughs> Just stuff that was absolutely bizarre. We, we can maybe get into that later. One, <laughs> one, more, uh, one more sponsor here. All the naked ladies, my buddy graduated from college during the peak of the COVID crisis. He has earned himself a BS in computer engineering with a minor in electrical engineering but has been having a hell of a time getting his foot in the door anywhere in the Seattle area, so I figured it was a good enough reason to sponsor the Greatest Story Never Told podcast and attach his resume to get his name out there. I've watched him go through grueling interview processes multiple times, only to be notified that the company is no longer hiring for the position that he was going for. Hunter's Wicked Smart would uh, be a great addition to any team. For example, for a senior project at Wazoo, he built and programmed a Roomba hooked up to a cooler that would bring you beer on command no matter where you were in the home. That should be all he has to say at any job interview. Hell, if someone contacts you for his resume, I'll make sure he's the next sponsor of the show since he'll actually have the money. Uh, delightfully, uh, James, the professional moron. What did he get his BS in? He got his uh, BS in computer engineering and, and a minor in electrical engineering. All right, now this is true. My brother majored in electrical engineering. Can you guess his minor? If you guess primitive warfare, step wow. right up. Okay, all know. right. Primitive warfare. Most, he didn't originally sign. Something happened, and he ended up getting primitive warfare as a minor. And we're like, what? And he's like, it was mildly interesting. So we just stuck with it. Yeah, why not? So he was like, hey, if you like something, you like something. Well, he didn't say he liked it. He just yeah. said he, he'd already I didn't think I really liked geology, but I kind of got it. was like one of my favorite classes. You nerd out about it all the time. Yeah, it's just one of those weird things. That's right. He likes to talk about rock. He wanted to work at the rock because he hoped it was yeah. about, you know, stones. It says, uh, P.S., guys, a few years back, you guys often talked about the merits of owning a bidet. That gave me uh, motivation <laughs> to try one out, and I will tell you, it has been a game changer. 
Only about 40 bucks on Amazon. You can hook it up to both cold and warm water lines to get uh, just the right temperature. It's nice going about my day knowing I have the cleanest anus of anyone that I interact with. I don't brag. Yeah, James. I don't brag. How are you going to prove you have the cleanest anus? He, uh, he donated uh, $100. Uh, we do uh, have uh, James's friend's uh, resume. So if you knew someone who was looking for, I'm not sure, the job for computer engineering. I'm assuming that's IT. Don't know. Uh, electrical engineering. I, I don't know what, I, I don't know. What, well, what, it's my brother. Way. If you I'm, know what that means and you need a job uh, or have a job to offer, we've got the resume on, on file. So. I mean, my brother, what, he worked on Hubble, which isn't working right now. So maybe he doesn't want to use that as a brag point. Right. Uh, New Horizons, the thing that went by Pluto. He's got something that's dealing with the sun right now. I guess as close as it can get to the sun. A bunch of other crap, but that's what electrical engineering does. Makes no yeah. sense to me, but mm-hmm. that's his gig. By the way, the primitive warfare has not come up much in his job. Oh, oh really? Uh, well, NFL officiating. Mm-hmm. Now, if you happen to listen to our uh, our, our uh, regular show here on KISW, we, we got into a, a conversation with a, a guy who called up, and he ended up ruining his seventh grade's field trip to uh well, there he is yeah to uh to action uh, action park action park all yeah. right so he basically what he did was if you didn't bring your textbook in that day uh the teacher would dock you points and he was in that actual classroom earlier in the day realized that he did not bring his book in that day and saw a book in the desk and said hey I'll I'll pick this up and just show my book so right. they know that you know I brought my book in blah 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 little did he know that was the teacher's edition book so that was a teacher's book has all the answers in it, as you know. And her book is missing, so she's probably freaking the hell out. Either way, he got in trouble to the point where they did not get a chance to go to Action Park. Right. So what did I do last night? I watched uh, two or three what I thought were the documentaries for Action Park. Here's what I figured out so far. Johnny Knoxville did an actual movie that was based around Action Park, and the, Johnny played the owner. Okay. So it's loosely based on the fact Was that, that their motivation to do Jack? Yes. What we understand yes. about Action Park, whether you, whether you knew it at the time or not, you were basically mm-hmm. auditioning for Jackass. Right. You're putting yourself in grave danger. And, and one thing I found out about Action Park was there was like six or seven different parks in one park. So you had Motor World, where you either got in go-karts or little simulated Formula One cars. All right? Now, what they did was they took the governator out of these cars. Both the go-karts and the uh, the little Jeez. F1 carts could go 50 miles an hour. Jesus Christ. Which is Always rid- save for small children. Which is ridiculously fast, especially when yeah. you're watching the video of this documentary. So that was one area. They, they kind of had a, a race area. Then they had an alpine uh, hill flume type thing, but that was basically you were in a cart. You were going down a concrete, uh, like a trail so to speak yeah more like it looks like a water slide but it's concrete but you're on your own little scooter sitting down a person uh that was the first death at action park the first was someone coming down that alpine ride then they also had a wave pool and i can't remember the name oh it to the employees it was called the grave pool (laughs) that's what it was all right because so many so many kids drown in this pool it was unbelievable Um, and then not only did they have that, but they had these water slides that were incredibly fast, incredibly unsafe. There was one that had a loop to do in it, and that's the legendary one where they, they threw a dummy down it, and when the dummy came out, it didn't have a head on it. Uh, multiple broken bones on that one, femurs, broken noses. If you even made it around the loop, you basically had some type of injury if you didn't do it correctly. There were rope swings that would swing out uh, into pools of water that were so cold, one guy had a heart attack. 
because he the, it was the, that cold. The, the lake water was that cold. Jesus. There were there were all just these different things, and that's just a handful. They had the slingshot stuff way back before everybody else, and just just crazy stuff. So I'm not sure that I got the actual right documentary because the one that I watched was about 17 minutes long. Now, other people broke that documentary down, and there was like an hour-long version of this thing. But either way, you can imagine uh, New Jersey didn't have a lot of rules. So and these guys weren't engineers who were building these rides. They were just basically, you know, doing whatever they, they wanted to. Well, now, it, just a backstory here. At one point in time, I took my family to a place called Atlantis in the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. Kids were younger, but they have an incredibly big water slide park, all right? And at one point in time, I had kind of a deflated inner tube going down this huge run and uh, hit my ass on a seam on that thing. And, I mean, I bruised my tailbone. Thing yeah. was, like, yeah. purple for the entire trip. Like, I couldn't even lay down. It hurt so bad. That was also the trip that my daughter made me go down that giant slide that shot down into the shark tank, mm-hmm. which was which was pretty you cool. You go under it, right? You, you go under it yeah. through a tube, right? You know, at, at Action World or Action Park, you go riding in with the sharks. Oh, man. And you got to remember, like, Headbangers Ball was always there. There was all kinds right, of right, Alice right. in Chains played there. They had concerts. They had all these different things. But the, the, the basic thing about Action Park was the fact that most of the kids who were working there were between 14 and 16 years old. Also in that area, uh, they had a lot of Hispanic kids and they had a lot of Polish kids. The Polish kids did not speak English. The, most of the Hispanic kids were, were bilingual. But either way, they were all underage and too young to be working. And there was also a language barrier involved, right. all right? So basically this guy was kind of hiring these kids illegally. But just like any other summer job, you know, when you're a teenager, you get hired to work summer jobs. The problem is they didn't have any adult supervision there. So there was no manager. And that like, is the inherent that's, difference. That's, that's, that, that is exactly right. right. I think the other uh, documentary that you can find is on HBO Max. I actually saw the trailer for it. It's called Class Action Park, and it's on HBO Max. I watched it. And they interviewed a bunch of guys. One of them was Chris Gethard, who I think had a talk show on uh, True TV. Yeah, I watched it. And he, I watched that one, too. He said that he couldn't get insured to get this place up and running, so he built an insurance company and then insured himself. Yes, he Damn. did. <laughs> right. Damn. So it was, it was just – it was amazing. But anyway, I'm not sure – uh, if this is the right interview or not, we do bring it up. But at one point in time, we were interviewing Perry Farrell. I think it's bef- I think it's past our archives right now that we have. But um, it, we it, he told the story of taking his family to Costa Rica, and there was a water slide. They went to a water park, mm-hmm. and there was a giant water slide. And he went with his kids and his wife, wife from uh, Bellevue, and uh, basically on this slide, he ripped most of the skin off of his ass. Yeah. Which we found to be very, very entertaining. First of all, it should be noted that as much as we talk about liking Soundgarden growing up and a bunch of other different bands, Jane's addiction was right in the same wheelhouse. As far as us just, you know, me personally, I love Jane's addiction. Kind of porno for pyros. Maybe the first album was good for me. Then I maybe kind of faded out a little bit at that point in time. But I I was a huge... I would argue that nothing shocking, still one of the best albums. Yeah, I mean, just a huge Jane's addiction fan. So the idea of being able to interview Perry Farrell... Is uh, was a good thing. So on this uh, episode of The Great Story Never Told, we'll go back in time. Uh, keep in mind that he was playing The Gorge. Uh, Painting the Grass was two days that year. And it was Jane's Addiction and I want to say maybe Alice in Chains that yep. night. Yes, they were there. Yeah, and, 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 and uh, by the way, uh, we were by the side of the stage. And Dave Navarro is just losing his mind. He cannot he for whatever so reason. He was so angry through this entire show. To- when you stand that close, he was mean mugging his guitar tech. I mean, basically through the entire show, it was unbelievable. Like 
pissed yeah, off. Yeah, he was like man. throwing the guitar to the side of the stage. And, you know, like you could see he was not having a good time. To be honest with you, they sounded great. I, I, they really, I don't I, know what his problem was. I, I don't either. Everything sounded great. He but sounded he good. He was pissed. He was pissed. But to his credit, even with a great lack of focus, and clearly he was sidetracked with anger, my man laid it down. Oh, yeah. It was still impressive. Yeah, it was it was as good as uh, the time I saw Jane's Addiction at uh, Lollapalooza. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was really, granted, different guitarists, but it was still uh, it, it was still good stuff. So I think we might have brought up the Costa Rica side thing here with uh, Perry, but I don't know if he gets into the whole story. But either way, as we're not sure if we're going to have concerts this year as far as paying the grass and stuff like that, we know some of the bigger shows are coming around. But uh, we want to go back in time uh, to the interview we did. I believe this is 2013, Mike. Is that right? Yes. 2013. And uh, this is with uh, Perry Farrell. As we go back in time. 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 Pay to the Grass Week. It's Friday and Saturday night at the lovely Gorge Amphitheater. KISW presents the biggest pain in the grass ever. Alice in Chains have been sevenfold. Jane's Addiction. Don't forget uh, Airborne, Volby, Danko, Jones. It is uh, two big days at the Gorge Amphitheater. As we beam our satellites, I believe, to uh, rainy Boise, Idaho, for the one and only uh, Perry Farrell from Jane's Addiction. Uh, Perry, welcome back to the program, man. Thanks, buddy. Nice to be back. Yeah. How's the, how, is it, how, how hard is it raining down Boise? How'd you know about that? Well, we heard we it was, know everything, we've man. We've got an AccuWeather <laughs> forecast here on our Doppler. It was actually hailing. Uh, it was like balls the size of like an eight ball. Like an so eight, that was, you're speaking our language, Barry. Yeah. <laughs> Did it bring back memories? Like, hey guys, that big. <laughs> Remember that time in '92 <laughs> with Fishbone? Barry, <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been in a situation where you've been out on stage and you thought, "God, I'm going to die out here"? Uh, yeah, I have. I mean, just from the weather. I mean, is it? Uh, and what was the situation? Well, it wasn't the weather. Um, it was I was I was withdrawing from drugs, and uh, and they had me going out playing Chicago, and Chicago was freezing to the bone, and I needed to buy buy some time because I couldn't catch my breath, so I fade I faked a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> did you do it on stage or before yeah, you went out? Did. You should have seen the look on everybody's face. <laughs> well, I said, I'm having a heart attack. Hold on. Oh, no. I laid down. And there was this, I remember seeing this girl looking at me, shaking her head, going, no, no. You can't die. Did you try to wink at her like, it's okay, baby. I just need to. No, nah, I just, like, roll over. And Did I... you clutch your chest? Yeah. Okay. Did you make it dramatic? Was it like Sanford and Son? Like, ah, oh, this is the big one. Well, I I went one better, like flopped on the floor and like I did the fish flop and held my heart. <laughs> did they did they reschedule the show or were you were you pretty well into it at that point? No, we were deep into it, but I just couldn't breathe. What, what kind of uh, like media attention did it get? It was like Perry Farrell uh, collapses on stage due to heart attack. Well, you know, this was while this was way back. You know, this was back in you know late eighties. Actually, you know, the funny thing the the um, Smashing Pumpkins actually opened for us at that gig. And I, and I, many years later, um, Billy was telling, yeah, man, 
uh, you, you know, we opened for you back in the '80s. You know, and you kind, you guys kind of sucked. So what <laughs> that sounds mean? like Billy Corgan. It really does. <laughs> yeah, he said, but you know, I was disappointed. Like you, you were rolling on the ground. You couldn't, you couldn't sing. And I go, well, you know, I remember that. I was faking a heart attack. So. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. <laughs> it happens. Very <laughs> what, uh, you, you talk about you talk about coming. Uh, you, you were you're kind of detoxing yourself there. But haven't you taken a more of a uh, of a balanced approach as, as as far as substances go in your life, are, yeah. are you one of those guys yeah, that can still you can still do certain things certain times, just uh, like anything else? Just keep like for me, I cut out all of my vegetables to replace them with heroin, and I found that it's it's been really uh, heartwarming for me. But you do it can you, be a preservative. You, uh, oh. Oh, yeah. well, oh speaking of preservatives, you know, we got pain in the grass coming up here at the gorge. And uh, uh-huh. I hope you know this, because if you don't, uh, we're just going to lay this on you. So th- there's, there's all kinds of things that uh, the, the listeners have had the opportunity to win. One of them is to hang out with Jane's Addiction, as they say, in their jam room. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, what we do is, you know, um, we always warm up, you know. Before we hit the stage, we, we, we're, you know, singing uh, having a good time, you know, drinking, et cetera, et cetera. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. We we explained to the listeners that, that you and Jane's Addiction, uh, you guys make delicious preservatives and jams and jellies. So by going to your jam, jam room, room they would be, have the opportunity to, to sample. They to try the, the jams and well, jellies yeah. that you make. No, I, I'm getting to that. Okay. And by the way, <laughs> I've got this incredible THC honey that I'll lay on anybody who wins. Oh, that's nice. Uh, I, won. That I won. I won. <laughs> well, we were going to ask you that, Perry. What uh, you know, you're, you're coming to Washington State for the first time since marijuana has been legalized. You got to be pretty fired up about trying it. Oh man, you know, we were just in Montana, and Montana's legal too, right? So we, um, I, I called for a band, um, not a band, but um, um, the the entire my staff, you know, my backline guys, everybody. Um, we, I, I just put on a nice dinner for those guys. To show appreciation, but um, after the after the dinner, we all went out and had ourselves a smoke, you know, and it was really great to be able to sit, stand out in the parking lot, laughing and kibitzing, and and passing or you know past the duchy on the left hand side, and not have to worry about it. It, it was amazing. So, are you I, sure I it's legal in Montana? Well, that's what they told me. <laughs> I mean, because as I understand it, just Washington and Colorado. So I think you may have been there just oh, openly. Hey, Perry, you're, are you still are you still on the road with your with your wife and your two sons? Are they still yeah. out, out there with yeah, you? Yeah. Well, they just went back home uh, for school, but they're coming back. We we bring them out every other week. You know, okay, okay. we we don't like to stay apart for too long as a family, and um, I have the best time, man, with my family on the road. It's so much fun. The road is so much fun. No, I know, I know, but but secretly, after you're hanging out with your kids and and the wife, is it is it nice just to have a couple of days off? Um, you mean without my kids? Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you are a, you are a human being for crying out loud. I mean, yeah, you, yeah. You got to be happy when I'll school sleep. comes back around. Oh yeah, man, I'll sleep a good you know twelve hours. So, but but what about now? The kids are on the road, so that's an unusual lifestyle and everything else. And I don't know how they there were relationships and associations, but did they ever come? Did I get more like, honey on my toast, Dad? Yeah, like they ever come and say, <laughs> like Dad, uh, why is Uncle Dave uh, hung from the ceiling uh, by his nipples? Or any, <laughs> do they experience weird things out on the road? Well, they sure do, but you know the thing about it is, is they're not impressed. Yeah, isn't that a funny yeah. thing about kids? You can be the president of the United States. I guarantee you his two daughters could give a rat's ass about it. Yeah, you know, there's very few things that they're impressed. They're impressed with Tony Hawk. Uh, <laughs> I bet Tony Hawk's kids aren't impressed Dave, with him. Though. 
Yeah, uh-huh. but yeah, Tony Hawk's kids were like, yeah, whatever, it's dad. They yeah, exactly. Do they jump up and down on the trampoline or anything like that when before the show? Or do you hear about my trampoline? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've got a new trampoline, but I it's it, I dug a hole in my backyard, so it's at ground level, it's at grass level. So, so, so you're not going to get hurt as bad. Huh? You're not going to get hurt as bad if you fall off the side of it. Because exactly. But it, it's the coolest thing, man. We're, we're like the most popular house in the neighborhood with the kids now. It's because you got the – what do the parents think? Like, there's always a family that had the trampoline, right? And as a kid, I remember Rourke Pocino was the kid's name. Hated the yeah. kid, but I would go to his house because he had the trampoline. But the parents, yeah. inevitably, you know, four kids broke their arms or whatever. So, like, the parents hated the family. The kids loved the family. Well, I've got a big pad of, of waivers <laughs> that I, I have them sign before they enter the backyard. You have to. I mean, dead serious. You have to, don't you? I know. With these two happy people around here. Do you have any cool neighbors, or are they all like insurance guys? I, I'm sure you live in a nice neighborhood with people who are a little bit more well-to-do. Is, is, is there such a thing like, you know, in, in, in Orlando, Florida, the people who do NASCAR or golf or whatever, they kind of have their own neighborhood. Is there is there such a thing like as a rock and roll neighborhood anywhere where, you know, like a few guys live within a certain proximity of each other? Well, that's funny you might say that. I live very close to uh, Matt from uh, Muse. We're, we're neighbors. And uh, and Chris Cheney, who's my bassist, we all live kind of in the same neighborhood. But it's funny because the kid who lives next door, the, their, his father is a, is a music manager as well. So, you know, he's living next door to Perry Farrell. I'm living next door to this kid who wants to be a DJ. And I always say to him, his name is Remy. I say, Remy, don't draw the heat, because he has these parties all the time. <laughs> and while he's having the party, I'm in the next house having my party. Right. Don't except draw I don't heat. want the cops around, and the cops keep showing up at Remy's house, and, and, uh, and he always does it when his dad's away. And I tell him, I call him up, I say, Remy? You're going to draw the heat, sure enough. <laughs> <laughs> and you were the guy who was always being called on uh, before, and now the roles have uh, reversed yeah, a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I tell them, man, you got to keep it down, you know, but that them, them kids that like that house music, those darn kids. You, you but, know, I, <laughs> but aren't you kind of putting together something like that with James, a little bit more dancey? Uh, at least I read an article that said that you guys may be working on more of a dance album coming up. Well, you know, I have a I have an album coming out that's uh, it's it's part of a, an immersive theater play, so it's like a musical that I've done. But James is going to be uh, writing a few songs for it, so that's what we have to look forward to uh, next year. All right, so you live in a neighborhood with musicians and a music manager. All right, you got the kid next door, Remy, that that damn kid, Remy, and and his house music and all this. Have you had to go to, like, the elementary school choir? And if you have, how bad does it suck? Because even non-musical people, you go there because you love your kids. But let's face it, it's usually pretty awful. But I think if you're a musician and everyone in the general area is a musician and their kids are kind of in the same school, like, that has to be the worst night of the week. Well, you know, um, what I've done is I've uh, been, you know, lucky enough to have Jane's perform at my my kid's school for a fundraiser. So it was pretty interesting, you know, um, all the parents obviously, you know, know my history, and they were good with it. We raised a lot of money, but it was funny trying to explain uh, the song Standing in the Shower Thinking to a bunch of third graders. I'm like, kids, do you ever go in a shower and you're thinking, and the next thing you know, you're you're pissing on your foot, (laughs) but you're thinking about things that happened today at school? Well, this next song is called Standing in the Shower Thinking. 
Yay! Oh, Perry, yeah, could man, you, uh, did the you principal... Amazing. The kids that didn't know who I was, you know, a lot of them, they're scared of me when I first got on the stage because, you know, I'm used to shaking it up for an adult audience. So, you know, now you got these little girls... And they're looking at us, and they're petrified of me and Dave Navarro, but, but we, they warmed up to us pretty quickly. And the next thing we know, we actually had a mosh pit going. They, 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 uh, bombed, they all got on the stage and ended up with, a, like, a live mosh pit of third-grade kids all right, well, at what's, the school. What's the, what's the Ed Sullivan edit on the water being incredibly warm? No, there was no edit. They they themselves, <laughs> and the kids got really into it. Yeah, I bet they did. Are you going to play that tonight if it starts raining? Is that going to be an impromptu one, or is that already in the set list? That's some kind of like modern Sesame Street tune, I yeah. would say. Into Ocean Size or something like that. Why not? Yeah. Uh, how how much longer uh, are you on the road before you uh, you get back to home? And is that and, and from home is that going to be uh, porno for pyro kind of stuff, or are you just going to work on that musical? Well. Uh, the the big the big you know vision for next year the next two years is going to be kind heaven it's um, as I tell you it's it's an immersive play immersive theater play and um, uh, you know a lot of the songs have already been written and recorded but the Jane's portion of it has not so when we get off the road we're gonna we're gonna start doing that but you know what guess what we're going down to South America Jane's is. Um, we'll be down in South America for, um, in the next few weeks. Man, we, you know, you never want to stop. It, it, it's kind of like um, it, the, the slowing down, actually, it, it kind of feels like you're starting to die. I don't know how you guys feel, but if I, if I slow down too much, I, lose, I really, like, lose my health. I start to feel, like, old and stiff. But if you actually have a heart attack, will anyone believe that it's actually Not happening? Anymore. Not anymore. Like, we've seen this before. Yeah, exactly. I know. I'm not kidding. <laughs> hey, Perry. I'm not kidding. <laughs> it hurts. Give <laughs> me some honey stat. Perry, we still, get, uh, we still get stories and emails from people who, are, uh, who still uh, love the, uh, the story where you lost uh, most of your ass down in Costa Rica on that giant <laughs> oh, slide. Yeah. So people are... Uh, people always love to hear from you. Uh, Jane's Addiction, uh, along with uh, Coheed and Cambria, uh, Walking Papers, we're fired up to see them as well. Uh, Duff McKagan's yeah. new band with uh, Barrett Martin, who uh, uh, go out a little bit before you guys, and, of course, Allison Chains. Are they behaving themselves out on the road? Well, yeah, they guess they are. You know, they they are still chasing women around and everything else, but um, they're the, they are the greatest group of guys. Uh, you know, I'm sure you guys have known them forever. Uh, as Alice came Way out too of long, Seattle. Man. Right, right. Way too Great, long. We, we, gave them, uh, we gave them a care package of, of adult toys that they could use that simulate female body parts. Mm-hmm. Oh, so really? we're hoping that they are still using those out on the road, but apparently they're not. No, I think they're using real body parts. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> They've upgraded. <laughs> yeah. Perry Farrell, we'll see, you, uh, we'll see you Saturday out at the lovely Gorge Amphitheater for Painting the Grass. Thanks so much for taking the Sounds time to... Sounds good. Uh, Sounds hey, good, Miles we, and Steve. We'll see you guys out there. Will you bring us uh, some delicious potatoes there from uh, the fine state of Idaho? Along you know, with you that, delicious. That I can bring you a, a nice big hail ball. All right, we'll the take size it. of an eight ball. Yeah, that would be. Fantastic. Or I can bring you a big eight ball the size of a hail ball. We're gonna do the latter. Yeah, and then you can bring <laughs> some of the marijuana wax. Thank you so much, Perry. We'll see you in a couple All days. All right, boys. We'll yeah. see you there. Yeah, man. There you, there you go, Perry Bye. from Jane's Addiction. That guy's awesome. He is. They just cool, man. Lay back. Yeah. You've been listening to the greatest story never told with Miles and Thrill on Radio.com. <laughs> 
Oh, man! A Double Flush production.